Well, look at that. We have some glitches going on tonight. We will just. This is tea time. Making a difference. One cup at a time. This is tea time. Making a difference. One cup at a time. So be sure to grab your tea. Grab a seat. And tune in to Miss Liz. Well, let's try that again. We have a little glitching problem going on. It's a Monday. You know, sometimes the weekend is still a little laggy. So we're we're just going to go with the flow tonight. And we're going to spill some good strong cup of tea because we have husband and wife team in the house. We have Dave and Susan Kenny in the house. And they are the founders of Emergo Academy. I hope I'm saying it right. Recovery and crisis coaching. They are speakers of Dry January and authors of an incredible book. So we'll be talking about all of that tonight. But before we get started... Go over to Miss Liz's YouTube channel, give that a quick subscribe and ring that little bell and you'll be notified for every little tea time that goes live for tea times on Thursday. If it's a Monday like tonight, it is a special surprise tea time and it's usually somebody who surprises Miss Liz with a good topic and I need to get it out on there before Thursday or it's a returning guest that wants to come back from season one, two, three or four. So stay tuned for all of those days. So let's get the disclaimer out there and then let me get Dave and Susan in here and let's spill some good strong TEA with you tonight. Disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time Live show. Miss Liz myself is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forward dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All tea time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment and taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include some discussions where they may be, may be somewhere they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forms only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmisslist at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in tonight's show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that the show is not made for you at this time, I expect those wishes and will see you at a later show at a later date and time. And again, all tea time shows are done on Thursday unless it's a surprise tea time. So let me get Dave and Susan in here and let's talk about the topic tonight, dry January. So let me pop them in here. And then in between, I'm going to give a little bit of their bio. I'm going to do things a little different tonight on tea time. So let me pop them in here. Hi, Dave and Susan. Hey, hi, Miss Liz. Miss Liz, tea time. <laughs> My tongue tonight, I swear, I should, I should join, I should join tongue twisters. I'm, I swear my tongue would win first place every time. <laughs> Just have a cup of chamomile. All is good. That's what I do. Yeah, I have my cup of black tea here tonight, but I, I, I'll have my chamomile a little later. I, I, I like to drink my tea sometimes, all different flavors and blends. So, Dave and Susan, I wanted, I wanted to get you guys in when you're, when you're 
publicist reached out to me and said, oh, you got to get these guys. And I'm like, okay, tell me the topic. And then when he told me, I was like, oh, my January's book, but I got to get you guys in here, right? I have to get this topic out there. So you guys share on dry January. So if anybody out there that doesn't know what dry January is, could you share a little bit on what it is? Well, dry January is, is something that has begun to take a little more traction in, in the world, in North America, U.S. and Canada specifically. And it's it's a way for people to get a reset who maybe have overindulged um, in food, specifically in drink, over the holiday season and, and really want to um, just, I guess, detox. But more than that, just have a total reset. And so dry January celebrates that and it's it's like having a 30-day challenge. Like I, I believe it we can do anything for 30 days. And so the opportunity right now is for 30 days to 31. live your life. January is 31 days. Well, so it's, okay, it's that's a bonus. That's a bonus. That's a bonus. But you're still you're still hungover on the 31st because you're so <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully you're feeling better. And so there there are actually a lot of physical benefits, people realize. Um, in having a 31 day period <laughs> of, of living, um, without alcohol. Now, anybody that has an addiction to alcohol, is this a hard challenge for them? I think it depends for, for anybody, Miss Liz, it's how they set it up, right? So if you decide the evening of December 31st, that you're going to do this because life is out of control it's probably not going to be your best 31 days. So like anything, you prepare yourself, you let the people around you know, um, you make sure that your environment is safe. So because you're not wanting alcohol, you've got to make sure alcohol is out of your home environment, out of your work environment. Um, It isn't accessible. If there are habits that you have, let's say you go out Friday night with the people from work, then you're going to have to share with them or make alternative plans. So I think like anything for success, it's all about preparing in advance, not last minute. So what got you guys into this? Oh, okay. Long story. So in 2008, we looked at each other. This is far before we had silver. Educators. And um, we, we just thought that, what was missing for recovery programs was that nobody was actually looking at how the brain functions. So everybody agrees. If you look at all the different definitions. um, Well, you've got, when you get into the world of addictions, how do you define it? There is actually no one definition. If you have cardiac mm -hmm. disease, there are definitions about that. Um, For addictions, there's not. So this is, but let's, let's just stay with alcohol tonight. Um, there's still no one definition, but mm-hmm. if you look at it, there's two main theories. One is the medical model, which is a brain disease, mm-hmm. and the other one is a psychology model, which is a brain disorder, right. because the disorders fit their, you know, anxiety disorder, depression disorder, all the, the disorders fits their model. Yeah. So that's what they've labeled it, and there's a whole definition around it, but I'm, I'm simplifying it. There is one commonality. And you noticed it when I, the way I introduced it, which is brain. Right. So then my lo- my logical brain, excuse me, but my logical thought process is, well, if the brain's involved, mm-hmm. what might happen 
if we change the brain and, and can we change the brain? And this is 2008. This is before I knew about neuroplasticity, neuro everything. Yeah. So, but if the brain is the ill dysfunctioned organ, mm -hmm. why don't we go fix the organ? And, and we're not talking chemistry. We're talking function. So just like you would look at a liver, a heart, any other organ, what you look at or the specialist looks at first is function, right? You're going to do liver testing. You're going to do heart testing. And we just felt that was missing when it came to any sort of addiction or behavioral. So our program, we started a residential live-in recovery program in 2011. And it's a brain first methodology to looking at anything through addiction or behavior. And as soon as we were able to look at brain function and understand that there's lifestyles that can create good brain function and bad brain function. And um, you were working with the Amen clinics today who do amazing work in the US. They do imaging, spect imaging with photon emission. And um, what, what we know is that people that struggle with addiction issues have a brain that isn't functioning the way that we want it to. It isn't in balance. And furthermore, if you are uh, at risk of relapsing, it's because the brain itself isn't functioning very well. So it just made great sense to us to actually have a program based around that. We have a question here for you guys that I want to get out there. Yeah. You guys are talking about disorders and, and, and disease. Is it similar to mental dis disorder and disease? Because it, it works with a chemical imbalance, right? Well, well mental, mm -hmm. mental health issues, if that's the relation of the question, if I can just make an assumption for a minute, because I'm not clear of the question, but if we're talking about a mental health issue, um, we're not mental health specialists. I've got to use the disclaimer there, mm -hmm. and we're not yeah. psychiatrists, so I'm going to use that. And I, that is not just a disclaimer. Um, so I'm not going to dive into the world of, of medicine. Uh, yeah. However, we do know that 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 uh, function, the, how the brain functions, has a direct impact on how I feel. In other words, if the Amen clinics call it a dysfunction brain, Mark Hyman, Mark Hyman calls it a broken brain. He's got a phenomenal series out there, mm -hmm. and the brain drives behavior. And if I'm feeling depressed or if I'm feeling anxious, you can relate that back to brain function. And brain function is just basically my brain being in a balanced, harmonious state or being overactive or underactive, which we don't want. And we can impact and change that. So uh, it, you know, people who have a dysfunction brain usually make poor choices as well, including things like over drinking because they're seeking relief. They're seeking temporary homeostasis instead of thinking about it more long term about living a brain healthy lifestyle. So yeah, I'm wondering he, he, the questions you're asking <clears throat> about mental health. So we we just go one step beyond that and we say what drives anybody's mental well-being? And it's you have to look at how the brain functions. Physiology. Yeah, physiology drives psychology. So I want you to get that point, and I hope that that helps the quest the uh, uh, listener that physiology drives psychology. 
So mm -hmm. the simple example of that, because that's like, what? Simple example is anybody who has, uh, they use sleep deprivation as a torture. Not, and I'm not going to say that that's, yeah. but this is an example. If you go two days without sleep, mm -hmm. and I mean no sleep, you are the brain is not functioning. Yeah. So if you drink water and get sleep, your brain is going to function at a better level. Mm -hmm. If you drink Red Bulls and eat Pop-Tarts in the morning, your brain is going to be overactive, on fire. You're going to be jittery. You're going to feel anxious all day. So physiology drives psychology. And there are some things we can do to support and enhance brain function. Yeah, he, he wanted to know about the behaviors and he wanted to know if they were uh, sim similarities of the brain chemical imbalance. I, he's from a different country, so I'm trying yeah. to understand what he's trying to say here, but we, he's trying to understand behavior. Like when you said, Dave, like the behavior of yeah. the of the function, right? So number it, one, the, number one is that function drives chemistry. And I don't care if it's the brain or anything else. What, what we mean by that, without take the brain out of it, the, the liver. If the liver is in a dysfunction state, the body's chemistry is all combobulated and wrong and off and I feel sick and ill. And so brain, the liver has to function well. And then my chemistry, my body chemistry will be, itself. will be much better. And so it's the same thing. We're not talking about dopamine. We're not talking about serotonin. We're not talking about the chemistry. We're talking about how the organ works. That's brain function. Now, the other part to this puzzle is brain drives behavior. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, then, Miss Liz, what's a behavior? Well, a behavior is my actions, what I choose to do. Do I yell and I do I rage? Well, that's a behavior. Am I am I kind and do I have do I show gratitude? That's a behavior. Do am I in debt? Do I have wealth? That's a behavior. And all behaviors are driven by the brain. And that's one of the areas that psychology and neuroscience do agree on. Well, I think that's really important with dry January is you're healing the brain, right? You're healing the organ because you're taking all of the, the chemicals out, all of that toxic out, toxin. right? It, the there's, toxin. It's not by chance that we call it intoxicated, <laughs> right? Like there, there is, it, and anybody who believes that alcohol is a, is good for you and is a health food has been bamboozled. It's not right. And you think it give Give, um, if people have a couple of drinks, their speech starts to slur. There's definitely physical things that happen as the person begins to drink. That's not good, right? <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We want. We don't want to lose our speech patterns and our our consonants. We want to be able to have full faculty because the long term effects of that can lead to all kinds of other problems. So, but the reason that people drink alcohol or use other substances is because the brain itself is out of balance due to traumas. And those can be physical traumas like concussion or an illness. They can be emotional traumas, um, something that's gone on for a long period of time or something that's just shocking, you know, the death of a loved one and, and you're not expecting it. And then there's there's chemical trauma as well, which disrupts, I think what your listener was talking about, it disrupts the chemistry, but it's physical in nature before we look at it from a chemistry point of view. So trauma affects how brain functions. 
And we want to be able to reset the brain and the nervous system to release those traumas and for the body then to get back to homeostasis or balance. So I want to talk about the four types of, uh, of drinkers. Uh, because the four types of drinkers are the social drinking, uh, drinking to conform, drinking to enhancement, and drinking to cope is the four types that I found. Are there other types of reasons for people to drink? We're going to make it even simpler. It's people that need relief when the brain isn't functioning properly. And you let's, let's say it's a, a woman who has a very stressful job. She um, gets home in the evening, comes home to more stress in the evening, and she has a glass of wine. <sighs> right? There's that, that feeling of relief. What's being relieved is the stress or distress from the brain and the nervous system. On a, on a short, hold it. That's a short-term relief. Here's, right. the, here's the issue and here's the problem. First of all, regarding the four types, I've read, I've, I've done a lot of research in a PhD studies. I've seen six categories. We're okay. not, we're not big on labels yeah. of what kind of drinker you are, nor are we big on saying you can't drink. Right. We're not big on that. These are individual choices in, that people have to make in their life. Whether you eat a donut or don't eat a donut, that's a personal choice. Yeah. However, if you eat so many donuts that it, that it negatively impacts your life, mm -hmm. like you're 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 skipping work to go to the donut shop, you're whatever it is, mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm trying to use a benign example here um, to take emotion out of it for some people, then that is a problem. And, if, mm -hmm. and most people know it. They think about it. Yeah. They think about it. And right. at the beginning of January, you think about it. Just like all of the um, promises and commitments people make to get in shape and lose weight and do something different in the on January 1st, by the 20th, 80% of those, 90% of those have washed away. So we're not big on January 1st being a turning mm -hmm. point. Why not make it today? Mm -hmm. right. why, why are you waiting for, well, the end of this week, then on Monday, I'll do it. Then it's then it's it, it's not real. Yeah. The the point of it being real is what do you want in your life, not what you don't want. If I focus on I don't want to smoke anymore. Right. Yeah. And what do you want? I don't want to smoke. I, well, what do you want? No more smoking. And why we've coached this with people. And they mm -hmm. after about the sixth question, okay, you keep telling mm -hmm. me what you don't want. I'm asking you what you do want. And they pause and they think, mm -hmm. they go, well, actually, I want to be able to go up a flight of stairs and breathe. I want I, to play with my grandchildren. Play with my grandchildren. I don't want to smell. I, I want to smell well. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go for a run. Yeah. I want to be able to play pickleball. I want to save the money. I love that you brought pickleball up because I only found out about pickleball two years ago. I didn't even know what it was. I thought it was a pickle. I honestly thought it was a pickle. So people were throwing pickles around. So I, I, have a, I have a great, I have a funny that when people ask what's pickleball, I say it's tennis and ping, ping pong, pong had a baby and it's pickleball. <laughs> so I love pickleball too, but and pickleball is so good for the brain because there's coordination and movement yeah. and fun and play. It is phenomenal for the brain activities like that um even table tennis is good for for the brain yeah um but but i want to just go back to uh the question about about what do you want is the mm -hmm. first question in coaching not what you do not want and so if somebody is considering am i drinking too much 
Um, yeah, am I using drugs that I don't, I, you know, the question isn't getting rid of those. Yeah. The question is, what do you want in your life? The question is, when you no longer have those, what is it you want to be doing with your life? What is it preventing you from doing right now? And what do you want to fill that with? I, I would I would propose to your audience that living a, a life of abundance is freedom. Mm -hmm. And living a life that requires me to drink or use something is a is an is a prisoned life. Mm -hmm. I am chained to a cigarette. I am chained to a bottle and I need this. And it, it is not freedom, even though you may think it is. Freedom is truly having the power to choose. And that's one of the myths we blow up. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, well, I'm powerless over alcohol. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You have power mm -hmm. in your choice. Well, I think change is scary, right? Nobody wants to make the change. They want to talk the talk, but they don't want to do the walk, right? They don't want to push forward because it 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 it's a challenge. It's so like you said, it's a, 30, it's a 30 day challenge, right? You're challenging yourself to push yourself to change yourself. I don't like the word change. We don't even yeah, use it. We we actually when we ran the recovery program, we actually didn't use the word change at all just because of uh, the stigma that was attached to it. So when we would meet with our clients, it was more about what what do you want, not what do you want to change about yourself? Because we actually believe people aren't broken. We don't believe that anybody was bad. We believe that circumstances in life led to whatever the lifestyle is and whatever the behaviors are. And in order to create something different, it's consciously looking at, you know, what, what are you getting? What is the benefit? Because that's the other thing is when you ask the question, what's the benefit of drinking alcohol? The first automatic response people say is, well, nothing, right? It's ruining my life. It's this, it's that. But that's not actually true. None of us do things without a payoff. We, I have a great, great project. We won't get into it today, but the benefits of using or drinking, there are, there are some and there are lots. It's every one of them when done honestly is short term. Right. And, and that, I evidence that because come the next stressful things, you got to go use or smoke or drink again, again yeah. to get relief. It is a short term solution. What we are offering to people is to, to sacrifice the short term for the long term. And, and I believe people truly, you're going to give me my favorite word. You're ready for my favorite word? <laughs> eudaimonia. Oh. Eudaimonia. Eudaimonia. And eudaimonia <laughs> is a word that talks, that comes from the Aristotle days, but right. it, but it, it, it's a Latin word and it talks about overall well-being based on values. Mm -hmm. So if I value love and honesty and integrity mm -hmm. and health and abundance and finances, then you need to start making long-term decisions, mm -hmm. not short-term decisions. And there's a whole project about this that helps people identify what they want. And when you identify that, a diet, if you don't identify why you want to go on a diet and get in shape, mm -hmm. it will never, ever work. Right. And it has to be compelling. It has to be so emotionally connected for us that it overrides the willpower, right? And then you have to set things up within your environment. 
So we talked about this in the very beginning. And I think dry January is a, a commitment, right? You're making a commitment to yourself. And once you do that, nothing is hard for a short period of time, as long as you set up your environment to reflect that. So that's the most important thing. And, and then it's, it's changing your moment to moment habits. So if, if you um, do something else when you're having your alcohol, then you've got to change whatever that something else is in your day, or you're going to be triggered. That's the way the brain works. But over, I think people find that even within a short period of days, week two is easier than week one, week three is easier than week two, and so on, because you're establishing new patterns and new neural pathways. And now you're not having that fight anymore, but it has to be consistent action over time. And that's what makes a difference. So if, if with dry January, what's neat about it is you're making a commitment Many thousands and thousands of people around the globe are making the same commitment. And community is one of the things that we believe strongly in to be able to support anybody to create the momentum to do something different. So that's why dry January is is a, a unique because you're you can meet people from all over the world, especially with social media the way it is. And, and share ideas. So you you feel like you've got other people that are supporting you. Well, and I think that that's what we need, right? We need community. We need that support. Yeah. You know, we can't, we can't build a village by ourselves. We know we need, we need community. And I think with recovery, if we need the same, right? If we just Absolutely. say, no, you go fix yourself, you just go change. And now I understand where you, why you guys don't use the word change because I'm looking at it differently now with the word change. It could be a trigger for that person that's going to recovery and saying, okay, once I change and you're going to love me, when, once I change, you're going to, you know, I looking at the words differently and, and seeing a different perspective of the words brings a different understanding for, for myself and for my listeners out what, there. What if, what if somebody's doing their best? What if somebody is doing their best mm -hmm. And they've got an organ that is in a dysfunction state and they're trying to seek relief. And maybe the reason why the organs of dysfunction is because of a trauma, mm -hmm. physical or an emotional trauma, which can cause a brain to go in an imbalanced dysfunction state. And the only way I can get relief is using something. Yeah. So if that's the, if that's true, which has been shown to be true in neuroscience, then the shame based approach um, and, and including the word change, change means the way I'm currently am, I am bad. I am not good. And change is scary because I don't know what's in the future. Right. I do know what I can do tonight versus approaching this from what do you want in life and a supportive, loving community mm -hmm. to move forward there. And, and by the way, community is one of the things that helps a brain. You can, you mm -hmm. can actually increase the size of your brain at any age, mm -hmm. Younger is easier, but at any age, you can change how your brain functions and you can actually make a bigger brain. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 and this is why I have my guests that bring this education to the table. You know, we don't just talk gossip here. We talk about real facts, you know, and I love that you guys are bringing those facts to the table because my listeners out there can see 
that we're not just having just a conversation here. We're actually bringing some facts to the tables. We're actually bringing some results to the table and some solutions, you know, and that's what I want. I want to bring solutions to my listeners, people that are seeking help or want answers or yeah. don't understand why their brain is functioning the way it is, you know, uh, generational cycles of alcoholism, you know, if that's all they know to do, they don't know about the function of the brain. They don't know the function of the organs. They're just drinking because that's what grandma and grandpa did. That's what great grandma and grandpa did. You know, it's just a pattern. So how do we get answers for the generational cycles of alcoholism and drinking? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, I, I think it's like anything though, with the environment that you grew up in, um, the, the Manning family, for example, they have three generations of quarterbacks. That's the environment they grew up in. I, I, I want to go to, into alcohol. Um, there's a myth, and it is a myth mm. that that um, I drink that is based on genetics. There has been no gene that has been identified mm -mm. Uh, because if there was a gene identified, we would have been able to cure alcoholism. There, yeah. it is not a genetic thing. Now, right. what is true is the fact that if you come from a home where there's heavy drinking or heavy drugs, the prop the the propensity of you doing that is very very high compared to a fam somebody from a different right. family. But that's not a genetic thing. Right. That is the brain has learned how to do do something. Right. Much like a, a child who has watched their dad work as a mechanic, um, or or yell and argue or mm. hurt people. Like we, our brain learns in certain ways. And so the, the good news is you can identify this and change it. You are not locked into some genetic fabric. It doesn't, that's not the case. That's a myth. And then what that also means is then I am powerful in my choice. I'm not powerless. That's another myth. So we talk about, it's not about, um, it's, it's not about willpower. It's not about a higher power. It's about brain power. Now, we believe in spirit and spiritual connection and our and the spirit of ourselves, different than religion, um, and and spirit is also one of the five principles that we teach in uh, in our book, in Actualized Recovery. And I I really like that you guys have brought that that it's a myth because there's so many people, especially including in my family, because there was a lot of drinking. A lot of people say, oh, well, it was because it's genetics. It, it's not genetics. It's a choice. It, it, you know, it, it's like you've been taught to drink. Right. So you just drink. It's not because it's in your genetics and that, and that. for all my listeners out there, and especially my family, some of you know who I'm talking about. I want <laughs> you to really listen to this. It is not because your daddy drank or your grandpa drank that you're drinking. It's because you're making a choice and you're using that as an excuse for your behavior. Yep. So I really want to get that out there. And yes, my, my family knows who I'm talking about. So and then they well, do listen well, to let's the hope, time. Let's, so. hope still, let's hope they still invite you over for the chat July 4th or whatever. Well, well, I'm, not, I'm not invited for roast beef dinner, but that's okay. <laughs> I just, <laughs> you know, we really need to get the education out there for my family. For other yeah. families out there. I, I, I like you and I want to support you on this. Let me break this down about choice. Um, a Man's Search for Meaning by by Viktor Frankl, psychologist imprisoned in, in, the, in the war camps in Germany. If you've never read the book, phenomenal book, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm -hmm. But some of his work talks about, and he didn't write this in prison. This comes after, logotherapy. 
And logotherapy teaches us there's a stimulus, mm -hmm. there's a gap, and then there's a response, meaning something happens in my life, a mm -hmm. boss yells at me, and then, there, and then, my, then my choices go to the bar. In between those two, there's a gap. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the gap is a nano of a second. Sometimes it's a day or longer. And in that gap is choice. choice. Okay. And you are so, powerful in this gap. Right. And so the people who give that away typically are victims in life. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and if you say I'm powerless, you are playing a victim role in life. Mm -hmm. You're letting life kind of dictate and guide you. And you're looking for excuses. And you're looking for somebody to blame. And you justify it with other excuses. And it's going to keep you locked into that victimhood. And the, the moment that you realize that I'm in charge, I am not powerless, I am powerful. And there's a solution for this everything changes, right? Your whole mindset changes. But I think you're right. The, the genetic myth, first of all, it, it creates helplessness and hopelessness. Because if, if that's it, well, you're done, right? That, that means that there's, well, that's it, right? It's genes. What am I going to do? But, but it's not the truth. We have genetic predisposition to things. It doesn't mean that you're going to follow that path. And in fact, your life is predicted less than 10% by your genetics. I, I really, I'm really glad you guys are here tonight because, you know, we need to get this information out there. We need to get the education out there, you know? Uh, and Dave, you mentioned the book. I want to talk about the book. How the, right. book came, how the book came about, what, what's in the book, what can yeah. you where can they find it? How all that good stuff? Let's talk about the book. Oh, well, the book, first of all, the title of the book is Actualized Recovery. And I got you to say it, Dave, because I wasn't sure if I could say it. That's okay. <laughs> the word, the word, the word I, I'm happy to talk about the book, and the word actualized means to make real. Yeah, so hang on for a minute. If you notice, the book doesn't talk about addiction actualized recovery, which is a solution based. Again, we're talking about if, if we teach what do you want? Well, we better have a book about what you want. You want to recover. You can recover from a broken bone. You can recover from financial disaster. You can recover from an, an addiction or an abuse of something. But here's the, here's the kicker in the book. Actualized recovery, it's not about 12 steps. Recovery is a brain thing. Mm -hmm. Actualized recovery is not about 12 steps. Recovery is a brain thing. So that's the title of our book. And now within that, there's... There's 11 chapters. We made sure there was not 12 chapters. A little joke. Um, that was our, our publisher's suggestion. That was a really good suggestion. So, so the, but in, in that actualized recovery, and I'll do this very quickly, everything is viewed from a brain first point of view, mm -hmm. not brain only, but brain first. Mm -hmm. So what do I drink or eat or what, what supports the brain? What hurts the brain? There's yeah. a great example, but there's five key principles physiological, meaning my body, psychological, meaning my mind, which is different than my brain, spirit or spiritual, which is about me, mm -hmm. uh, connections, which is about the relationships, the people I hang out with, and then lifestyle, which is the key to lasting recovery. Um, and, and so those are the five principles around actualized recovery, the brain first approach to lasting recovery. The book comes out in February. 
Um, we ran into a little hiccup over the holidays with the publishers, but it, it's coming out mid to, mid to end of February. Um, and the Amen Clinics, phenomenal place, Amen Clinics. Big shout out to Dr. Daniel Amen and the Amen Clinics in, in the U.S. They have worked with us, and we worked with them. They invited us to be a, uh, brain certified coaches with their program years ago. They've sent people to our residential uh, uh, program for a couple of years. Um, and anyway, they, they've, they've read the first copy of the book and just replied today and said. It's fascinating. And that's it's the word. help a lot of people. And they give us thumbs up, full endorsement. There'll be a testimonial. So we're, we're pretty stoked because that was yeah. the, other than us and their editors. That's the first person yeah, ever yeah. to see the book. <laughs> And there are, and there are, and these are these are uh, nerve wracking. These are heavyweights in the world of brain and recovery and doing yeah. well. And the rep and the reply back from somebody within the Amen Clinics was, "It's a fascinating read. Yeah. So it it is it really tells a story. We bring in things like I just did with you, logotherapy in psychology. We yeah. bring in all these building blocks and building pieces, and we tell a story, and it's a story of hope." And it's a story. And it's a map. It's a blueprint yeah, it of a what to do. And we're going to ask you questions. It's it, You're going to learn a lot about the things that we're talking about. But they are all based on science. And it's a game changer. But then we've got to have the community and we've got to have spirit. We, we're humans that have, we're multifaceted. And any road to health or recovery of any kind is going to have to engage every part of us. Liz, Liz, I want to talk about spirit. Spirit is my laugh. Spirit is my my the spark in my eye. And you, you've got some listeners, and I know you've got a, a more uh, mature audience, which works well with my Arctic blonde hair mm -hmm. here. Um, but here's a great thing. You want to impact your spirit. What did you used to love to do mm -hmm. as a little girl or a little boy? Did you like to play with model trains? Did you like to dance? Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to encourage you this week to find a model train club yeah. or to find a dance club and go and do that. And when you do, when you walk in that room and when you do that, when you leave, chances are you're going to feel like you're floating. Like it's yeah. just going to impact every part of you. Well, that's spirit. And I'm, man, do I love that too. So that's, that's something that's really important. And we don't believe in being sober. If you look up the definition of the word sober, it is the last thing that I would actually want anyone it, it says to boring. define me it says as. Boring. Yeah. It says a stick yeah. in the mud. I mean, it, yeah. it really is not a. That's that's not what I want. Well, it's kind of like a band aid, right? Well, no, except the word. The definition of sober is someone who is somber mm -hmm. and boring. Yeah, and it's like. I don't want to, I want to come to that. life. Yeah. yeah I, I don't want, want to be a boring life. person. Like I want to be somebody right. who you want to be with. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and sharing with people, it's not substance <clears throat> driven that makes you a fun person to be with. Yeah. That's you. Right. We, we have to uncover what is passionate to you and, and, and remove any of the roadblocks that are getting in the way. I, and, and I'll, especially with a, a maturing audience, memory and longevity are huge. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure you've done shows on this. 
but alcohol is brutal on the memory. Yeah. And if you want to maintain your memory and be with grandkids and things like that, if you want to avoid dementia, you've, you've got to you've got to really you rethink this. Have to look at alcohol. You have it's to because a major it, contributor to dementia. Um, and, and I think I think it's really important, Dave, what you said. You know, bring the spirit. I, I'm a spiritual person. Play a little. Have some fun. Play therapy. It's, Play therapy. it's in the book. We talk about it. And, and when we ran the recovery program, it's like yeah. what we're doing tonight. Pickleball, pickleball. You know, pickle, like I honestly thought we were throwing pickleball around and it, I got a few laughs out of it. I didn't understand what it was, but <laughs> I actually went down to the pickle club down here and I asked if I could join. And they were like, oh, you're not old enough yet. So when I get old enough, then they're going to let me. <laughs> so, so the thing with pickleball or dance mm -hmm. is physiological. You're impacting, remember, there's five principles. One of them is physiological. Well, you're impacting your body, your circulation. Mm -hmm. the, the brain loves oxygen, loves water too, but loves oxygen. And the spirit is, is starting to shine. So these are things that, you know, if you're in that state in life and you're going, well, what's life about? Go back to when you're mm -hmm. a, a child and what did you love to do? Did you like mm -hmm. the sail? Did you like music? Did you like dance, art? Embrace that. Mm -hmm. And you can do that at any age and have a positive impact. And and here's the thing. When you're doing the things that you love, when you're engaging in those, then you're not drinking, right? You're not doing the other things that you yeah. don't want to bring in. So it's not truly about waking up and saying, I'm never going to do this anymore. It's which psychologically can set off all kinds of triggers for us. It's more about bringing in what you do want into your life. And as you bring more things in, you naturally distance yourself from the other behaviors. Well, I don't think there's a book really out there that's going into detail like your book is because it's the 12 steps. It's the, uh, you know, the programs get sober. We, yeah. We've heard all of those books out there, but we haven't heard anything about the brain, understanding the right. brain. Liz, Liz, Liz where, where did you take an airplane? What was your last airplane trip? Where'd you go? Uh, Detroit. Okay. You walk into the airport and you get your ticket. You go into the airport and you check in and you get to the, you get to the gate <laughs> and you look out and you, you have to fly in a plane that was made in 1935. <laughs> Okay, that's when a, scared of Okay, that's when AA was made. AA was made in 1935, and they did a phenomenal job with the knowledge that they had at True. the time. True. But technology has changed. Our right. understanding of science has changed. Back in 1935, we just thought we had a brain, and that was it. And if it if right. you heard it, you're done. Yeah. No, you can change your brain and your brain which, function. Which is only since, since, since the year 2000 is really when we embrace that you can change the brain so this is this Chris, is new this is this is new and it, it just so aa there are some good components to a we already talked about community or fellowship we talked about that depending on who you hang out with um but let's embrace science let's mm -hmm. embrace what everybody's saying that an addiction or using substances or abusing yeah. substances is brain related. Let's embrace that. Yeah. And let's read and create a book that takes the best of something that's proven in psychology and everything else, as well as the new sciences, yeah. bring it together and let's make it realized or actualized yeah. recovery. And get excited about it. Yeah. This is, this is about, this is why we get all fired up. This isn't about, 
drudgery. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is about releasing the, releasing the shame, releasing the regret, mm-hmm. releasing the limitations, having opportunities in front of you and taking advantage of them to be your true fullest self. So we actually use the word thriving. Mm-hmm. We don't use the word recovery. We talk about people who live a life that's thriving. Yeah. I, I like it because these are words that we don't hear. These are words that should be spoken more. Should, you know, and I hate the word should because we shouldn't be, shouldn't on anybody. My grandma <laughs> always told me that, but we're, we're not hearing words out there. And this is what I do with the T, right? Is I get everyone to give me three words with the TEA and you guys gave me transforming, educating and academy. Those are three words that work with your story and your life, but it also works with the listeners out there, transforming your life, taking mm-hmm. a chance on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and educating. That's what we're doing right now. We're educating everyone. You know, we're bringing people to understanding, to understand your brain. And we, we don't get taught this in school, the brain functions. This, we talk about livers and kidneys and that, but we don't right. talk about the brain. Right. Well, right. well, and we hope we hope that that changes in the coming years because that's that's really the critical thing. Brain drives behavior, and and I'm not talking about the mind that's different. Your thoughts are different, and then we can get that's a whole other hour, which we won't, which we is won't a whole other into. chapter actually in the book. Yes, the difference is. between brain and mind. Yeah. Um, there, there's there's just so much opportunity for people. Again, what do you want? Do you want to thrive? And now the the best movies I love, I love watching movies that are based, sometimes not directly, but based on real life. I like those kind yeah, of movies. Me too. But I love the movies with the comeback. We all love the comebacks. Who doesn't love the comeback? So I don't care if you're 75, 55. Mm-hmm. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many years are behind. There's more years behind you than in front of you. I don't care about that. What are you going to do today? Mm-hmm. And can you rewrite your comeback story? And the answer is yes. yes. So give it a shot. And, and here's the great thing that I do support in dry January. It's a 31 day <laughs> period, 31 day period. And then at the end of 31 days, you then, then get honest with yourself. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and make a, and make a decision based on how you feel, what's happened mm-hmm. and make a decision there. Try another 30 days. What the heck? See what happens. Mm-hmm. And and so a 30 or 31 day, or mm-hmm. actually 28 in February. That's so if, when you get to if you get the end of January, you only got 28 days for February. And <laughs> and then make a decision about how you feel. And by the way, we yeah. we talk a lot about this in food, mm-hmm. elimination diets. Yep. If you take something out of your diet for 30 days, how do you feel at the end of that? If you take all dairy out, for example. How do you feel at the end of 30 days? Mm-hmm. Then make decisions based right. on your life. And it's not scary now. Yeah. You can do It's more anything. like an experiment, oh. right? We're curious. And we change day-to-day, moment-to-moment. And I think the, um, the disservice was when people have to stand up and say, my name is, and I'm an alcoholic. That's not true it doesn't define your life like that and we would never stand up and say you know my name is susan and i am cancer so why do we accept that for using a substance it doesn't it doesn't make any logical sense 
but words are important. And it, whatever you put behind I am is self-fulfilling. Well, that's what you're you're feeding to the universe, right? Is your right. you're saying well, right you, oh, to you the know? universe, but also to, uh, but also to your own belief pattern. Yeah. Yes, to the mm -hmm. universe, but even to your own. So I am a loser. Mm -hmm. I am Broke. blank. Whatever that is, yeah. you are you are re reinforcing that here, and and so to to use a label of an alcoholic yeah. or a drug addict is is brutal. Yeah. On somebody trying to 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 transform and start to thrive in their life. Yeah. Versus, I you know what? What do I want? Well, I'm I'm drinking too much, but what I want is better relationships. I right. want more money. I want to buy a house. I want I want to get fit. I want to sleep better and have energy. I want to have mm -hmm. energy. I want my memory to be sharp. Mm -hmm. And if those are the things, those are by the way, those are the anchors which are motivating things mm -hmm. to help you move forward for the 30 day trial. And I want to get it out there, Dave and Susan, because before we went live, I was doing some research on dry January mm -hmm. and we have dry February, dry March, dry April. It, it, it can be at any time, right? It doesn't have to be just January. It could be one day, dry Monday. Well, when do you, when do you start diets? When do you, when do you, when do you go sign up in a gym? Mm -hmm. Do you wait for January 1st? Well, maybe some people do. Some people do. Well, I think there is. If you look at statistics, there's a lot of people who join gyms in January. We, we've had. But people I think it's part of what Dave said at the beginning of the show, Susan, is the resolutions, right? We put these right. resolutions out there, and right. by the twentieth, we're like, ah, we're done. We did twenty days. Ah, let's go back to the old way, you know? Right. Because now, it, and it's the perfect time when you feel the discomfort. That's because the brain neural pathways are changing. Right. So that's when you lean into it and don't be discouraged by it. Actually look at it and go, oh my gosh, my brain is actually physically changing and I feel uncomfortable. I love your analogy. The other day we were talking with I somebody. Said something good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you can tell these guys are husband and right or wife, right? <laughs> I'll take this. Like audience here are laughing. They're like, you guys are a hoot. And I've been called a hoot many times by some of my guests as well. So I guess we're just doing a lot of hooting over here. <laughs> anybody, anytime somebody pumps my tires, especially Susan. It was the teeth brush. I take, oh yeah. Well, sure, sure. well here's, here's how to change a habit. And there's a great book, Tiny Habits. Great Yeah, book. BJ Fogg. So if, great you're, if you're thinking about, by the way, about changing and, and, and not drinking for a while, even Tiny Habits is a great book mm -hmm. to begin to understand how I change a pattern and a habit. Because a pattern or a habit, mm -hmm. a habit is a brain thing. Again, mm -hmm. they are. What happens is the more we do, you have to do something. The more we do something, the more neurons fire, the stronger neurons oh, wire. Yeah. So the and the stronger more, that habit gets. The more I do something, this little baby connection turns into a thread, turns into a string, turns into a rope, turns into a locked-in chain. Mm -hmm. The more I do something, if I go to if I go to the bar at five o'clock for twelve years to see my buddies, mm -hmm. I've created a pattern and a habit that's going to be hard to break. But you can break it mm -hmm. by changing your pattern. So here's a great example: Are you right hand uh, dominant or left hand dominant, Liz? Right hand. Right hand. Okay. I'm gonna. This is gonna be fun. Here you go. Here and this is for everybody. Tonight, take your less less dominant hand, your left hand, brush your teeth. Good luck. It's gonna get messy. It's gonna feel weird. It's, yeah, it's gonna feel weird. I can't even hold 
my pen with my no, I, I really, I really, <laughs> I, I want you to do this because then you can send me an email tomorrow and say, my God, it was a mess. I really want you to try to brush your teeth with your left hand. Now, let's say physically everything's equal. I don't have a handicap or a, or a break. Everything's equal. Why is it so hard if the toothbrush is the same, it weighs the same, the paste is the same, my hand is relatively the same. Why is it so hard? Because the neural pathways have never fired. Mm -hmm. Now do it for a week. Mm -hmm. Try this Try this test for a week. Mm -hmm. And you're going to learn how to form a habit because in a week, it's easier. Much in easier. two weeks, you're doing an amazing job. In three or four weeks, you're going to do it as good as you do your right hand. You yeah. can brush your teeth without thinking, no mess, boom. Why? Because you fired the neurons and the neurons have begun to go, oh, this is what you want us to do. Okay. Right. And they reorganize and they connect and now you can do it. And, and, a, and one of the greatest examples is learning to ride a bicycle. Mm -hmm. This is it's called it's complex. This is called Hebb's law or Hebbian theory in neuroscience. If anybody wants to H-E-B-B-S, Hebb's law or Hebb's theory. And this is about the more a neuron fires, the stronger it wires. Well, I can't ride a bike at first. It's so complex. The more you do something, the more those neurons fire, fire. and the stronger they wire. And then one day it just becomes oh. effortless. And those patterns stay forever. So if you haven't ridden a bike for 15, 20 years, the pattern is still that you're a little wobbly, but you can do it. Mm -hmm. And here's why that's important. When you, when you, when you stop doing a negative behavior, the, and stop going to the bar that you went to for 12 years. Now you've gone three or four years without going to the bar. If you go back there, the brain's going to go, boom, I remember this. Maybe not the first time. Right. But the more you introduce it again. By about the fourth time, the brain's going to go, right. oh, yeah, this is where we go after work. Right. We turn right, go to the bar. That could Because those neural pathways never disappear, they just get weaker. Yeah. So you want to create stronger patterns by doing something. Guess what you don't do? We're, you don't sit down and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. You don't journal and write about what you don't want mm -hmm. because you're reinforcing that. Yeah. And how awful it is and, to be and deprived. So this is about if you want to go to the gym, getting your equipment ready the night before, setting it out, put it in the car. I don't care. Put it by the front door mm -hmm. until, you, until this becomes habit. Make it so easy that you actually cannot not do it. Because you've made the other habits so difficult that you, it, it's actually because we're we're creatures of ease. So the easier you make something, and this is why when people say, "Oh, I'm going to go on a diet, and uh, I'm not going to have potato chips, I'm not going to have anything," then you cannot have it in the house. Oh no! And no. then the step farther is, what are you going to have? When that craving sneaks up on you at 3 p.m., what do you have already available, ready to grab like you could, the potato chips? What is there so that it's easy? And, you know, maybe you've decided I'm going to cut some carrots. So They're there. They're there. They're ready. Here, I'm going to give you an example of what Susan is beautifully sharing. If ice cream's in the house, mm -hmm. I'm going to eat the ice cream. That's me. Totally. Okay. But here's what I've done. During the afternoon, no, no ice cream. The evening, no ice cream. The no, no ice cream. And then the next game, no ice cream. Like I'm having to say no so multiple times. times, but eventually I'm going to go, well, it's Thursday night. We're going to watch a movie, ice cream. Right. And yet if I go shopping, I have only one time to say no. 
which is put it in the cart. You know what? Nope. And now that thought right. is gone, that that constant thought in the back of my it's head. Not in your environment. And the same thing happens with alcohol mm -hmm. and other and other substances, is that it's easier to say no one time mm -hmm. than it is a hundred times while it's in the house. Yeah. And and now you're now you're trusting willpower. Don't go there. Right. Set yourself up for success. Set your environment up for success. Because we live in the Uber Eats and Uber Delivery everything. So it might have to be deleting apps. It might have to be. You've never used them. Oh, I did an Uber Eats. You did one? No, I did. I sent one <laughs> yeah. to our doing? daughter. Oh, yeah. Well, you sent one to yeah. our daughter I've Vancouver. never used it personally, okay, but right. I did send it to our daughter in Vancouver. It's fascinating. <laughs> but because everything is easy now, we, we have to have greater autonomy over choice so the your why has to be so clear and you set your environment up to support what you do want and then it becomes effortless the more you do it so consistent action over time creates neural pathways that change and now it becomes effortless well, we have a comment here. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Just That's do it. it. That's it. Well, because it changes well, your brain. And actually, for a habit, they're spot on, whoever that is. Yeah. It's consistent action over, over time, time is the formula. That's the formula if you want to change a new new pattern, new habit, like brushing your teeth. It's consistent yeah. habit or consistent action and then times time. So yeah. if you do that, uh, you you will rewire your brain in yeah. a way that you are choosing to. Right. So great comment, whoever that is. Big shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, some of the comments they don't come in because they don't verify who they are, and I cannot legally put them up if they don't give the okay. So some of the comments you'll see on Miss Liz will have her head going like this. It's because I'm reading comments coming in. We have a lot of people that are saying thank you for the information. Uh, they really yeah. really appreciate the information. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to just get it out there. How can people reach you and how can they connect with you if they'd like to have them? Well, I, I got two, two things. I didn't answer your earlier question about how to get the book. So the book in February, late February will be available on Amazon. Okay. But you can also go to our website because we all have all sorts of, we've created a community. Again, community helps. We've cr created a community to support people. Um, and you can dip your toe in the water and come to some free meetups and free groups or a five-day challenge or just get an email rich with this information every week. And you get my recipes. Oh, you get a brain My recipe. brain healthy recipes mm. are incredible. So you can come to Emergle Academy, E-M-E-R-G-O, EmergoAcademy.com. But on EmergoAcademy.com, there's more, Liz. And here it is. <laughs> There, there. <laughs> sorry, I'm, don't order yet. Sorry, don't order. <laughs> what, what we're what we're doing though, because we want to help people in this world, is the book is free on our website. You have to pay for shipping and handling. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I, we can't do that and stay in business. But we want to gift it. But so you can you can buy it on Amazon, or you can come on and register on our website and get your free copy of Actualized Recovery. And when they come out, uh, we will get them to you right away. So it'll probably be first week of March. I don't know how long it'll take, but um, so that's how you get the book. Now you asked another question. You, oh. and, and I want to say, if your listeners are going to the website right now, this is not launched yet. You are the very first person that we have talked to. We have spent the last two months revamping everything. We gave up our residential program. We gave up privately working with people. 
we're now creating an online entity to be able to help more people than ever. And um, it launches oh, by the way, by end of week. Well, yeah, I would say in 48 hours, it should be out, but uh, it's certainly the end of this week. And if it, this, this resonates with anybody and you want to teach this, we have a coach certification training program as well uh, on our if website. If you feel a calling. Of any age. Like you can help yep. anybody with anything. Um, as, you, as you've noticed, we've, taught, we've used a lot of different analogies. This isn't just alcohol. This is about a behavioral change. Yep. And if somebody wants a new opportunity or transformation in their life and to thrive, they want to get rid of the repetitive negative patterns and behaviors, yep. become a certified recovery coach. So come to emergoacademy.com. You can reach out to us there. And then our emails are just, they're really complex. It's Susan, <laughs> Susan at emergoacademy.com, Dave at emergoacademy.com. She wouldn't let me put down the big kahuna. She wouldn't let me say that. So it's Susan at or Dave at emergoacademy.com or just come hang out yeah. this week and give us about two or three more days. So uh, let's say by January 12th, we'll be live with the new community page. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, and, I'm truly, truly honored to have you guys here. Susan, go ahead. I was just going to say, if anybody feels a calling to it, um, our here's our goal, Liz, is we want to train 1,000 recovery coaches. We've already had groups go through. We want to help each of them help 1,000 people. And when you do the math on that, we've impacted over a million people. And that for us was our big dream. That's why we, we I want to high five on that. In. I want to high five. There we go. Boom. <laughs> we didn't I, I we love, wanted to love share it. this with, with the world. Liz, give me a high five right now. Liz, come on. Give me a high five. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it on this show. It's That's, how we, <laughs> That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> I am truly honored to have you guys here and I am so blessed that you guys came to me first and I hope that you know that the book it flies out you get this hundred and you get the thousand coaches you get the thousand people I I believe you will I have faith in you guys you guys you got this uh if you guys would like to know more on Dave and Susan you can check out Mrs. Facebook page all of their bio is there you'll see the incredible work these guys are the real deal they're not just a 48 hour coach come in and give you a little bit of information they are the real deal they've been doing this for years check them out I highly recommend these two uh, Dave and Susan, thank you again for blessing me thank and coming you. to my table and sharing a good, strong cup of tea. Cause that's how we do it. Right. Is we, we bring the education to the table and we make a difference with a cup of tea at this house. Uh, and for anybody that would like to know more about Miss Liz, you can check out Miss Liz's website at www.misslizesteatime.com. You'll see Dave and Sue's podcast there. It'll, it'll be uploaded in 48 hours. You can check it out. Watch the replay, share this with a friend, share this with a family member. Share it with your community. If you're hosting an event and you would like speakers and you can't get the speaker because of travel costs or whatever, you can use these tea times. These tea times are there for education. And you can always reach out to me and I can connect you with all of my guests. So this is what tea time is all about. It's connecting the dots and bringing people together and bringing the education to the table. So again, I really want to thank you too for joining me tonight. I want to thank all the listeners. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for all the comments. I'm going to try brushing my teeth with my left hand and get back to Dave on that one and see how that goes. And I will be back Thursday on at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And we are going to be bringing in uh, positive intelligence uh, 
coaching. And then we're going to also be bringing in sound and healing for Thursday. So check that out. We're going to be doing some really good, cool things. And if you'd like to see what else is in January, check out Mrs. website, check out my platforms, the press release is there, you will see all of these incredible guests that are there, and share the press release, even if January is over, you can share it in February, share it in March, share it in April, because these guests are not going anywhere, these guests are here to stay, and they're just going to go to a different table from table to table, and we're going to make a difference with tea. So thank you again, Dave and Susan, for joining me. Thank you again to the audience. I could not do this without all of you guys. And I'll see everybody Thursday for some fresh cup of TEAs and make a difference one cup of tea at a time. Bye, our new friend.